0: Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well being. Fresh Steak. I'm your host Juan Carlos Rodriguez. This is our 50th episode and we're very excited to have you join us. We want to thank all of our loyal listeners and if you are new, welcome to the podcast. We hope to be able to continue to share with you more interesting and useful content for many more episodes to come. Today we're joined by Elizabeth Whitlow, Executive Director of the Regenerative Organic Alliance. Elizabeth and I will be talking about how Regenerative Agriculture is helping address some of the problems we're currently facing due to climate change. Welcome, Elizabeth.
1: Good morning, Juan Carlos. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Elizabeth, would you mind sharing with us and and the audience how you got involved with this whole business of Regenerative Organic and how the Regenerative Organic Alliance started?
1: Yeah, I would love to. Um, I have been here uh, serving the Regenerative Organic Alliance since Uh, Gosh, September 2018. Um, This is a relatively new certification scheme that was launched by our founders, the Rodeo Institute, Patagonia Company, the clothing company. They also have a division of food, and then Dr. Bronner's, and they launched this regenerative organic certified program because they were they. These are brands that were really known for um, sourcing a lot of organic in their supply networks and supply chains and started to see that organic wasn't doing quite enough. And so they came up with this new idea for a certification program that would be all encompassing and include not just organic practices, but um, really embrace the new regenerative concepts, including animal welfare with livestock systems that are based on pasture and living outside. And then also including the component that is really critical is social fairness for the farm workers and the farmers. And so I spent about 17 years of my career working in organic um, and very proud of that time. I did see some of the lapses and some of the areas in the organic program that this new certification really addressed. And so, um, yeah, it's been a great honor for me to be able to help launch this new certification.
0: That's great. In fact, you mentioned a few things that uh, all of us that have been involved in organic ag and organic certification have known about the way that currently the organic label exists. Uh, It is a labeling claim. Of course, it is based on all the principles of organic agriculture. And um, consumers, when they buy certified organic products, they know what they're getting. And by that, I mean, if they want to find out more how the crops or the livestock or the processed products were produced, that's public information. You know, this this is a national regulation that takes into account many, many, many things. But it also, when the regulation was being created, some things were perhaps left out. And it's not perfect. A lot of people sort of feel yeah. that sometimes there's things that were missing. That's where you guys have come in. But With the conversation then about, you know, what organic is, what organic does, and now, of course, critics saying that they feel that organic agriculture, any form of organic agriculture, or maybe, you know, regenerative systems sometimes don't really have the ability of feeding people, feeding the world, or maybe even having an impact on climate change. How do you feel about that sort of thing? And what is it that you can maybe say sometimes to some of the critics?
1: Um, Gosh. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. So, (laughs) you know, I I would start with the first, I'd say one of the most important takeaways here is that organic is a really hard earned designation on a label. (laughs) It actually takes a lot to get to that organic certified status and to be able to put that claim on food and, um, you're exactly right. Consumers do know what they're getting when they buy organic products. I'd say actually what they really can determine is what they're not getting in their food, right? Because it's it's about what materials cannot be used in an mm-hmm. organic system as far as kind of the typical synthetic herbicides and pesticides that um, agriculture relies on. 99% of the agriculture in the US is conventional. So that's pretty staggering when you consider that only 1%, of our cropland is dedicated to organic. And so I think that's a really important point is that we have a long way to go. We have a long, long way to go just to transition our agricultural systems to, to organic from the conventional practices. So, you know, just starting with that basic principle about organic is is still a really important designation, but <clears throat> there's some areas in it that we're missing. So if you consider some of the the holes in the organic program, I think really are around how livestock are raised and the allowance of really basically factory farms or industrial sized livestock operations where these animals are really essentially living a life of confinement. They are being fed organic feed, yes, but are they living a life that livestock really are intended to live? Are they able to express natural behaviors and be outside on pasture or um, foraging and pecking in, in grass or in a forest like setting. And there's, there's a lot of challenges with the livestock Mm -hmm. in the organic Mm rule. And the other really critical part that organic never set out to address, but that we've got a real issue is how farm workers are treated. So absolutely farm workers on organic farms are not having to apply toxic chemicals and, and be exposed to all these toxins but they also are not always treated fairly or paid fairly. And that is one of the issues that we're trying to address with with our new certification. Mm
0: -hmm. And then, of course, uh, how all of these things impact, again, the questions and the problems that we see with climate change. By addressing many of these things, many indicate that we are uh, uh, or should be able to address some of the uh, problems with with, uh, climate change, correct?
1: Yeah, and and that's one of the most exciting parts about this new movement towards regenerative, incorporating regenerative practices, is that there is clear evidence that we can sequester carbon into the soil. And therefore, we can start to try and reverse the effects of climate change and global warming. And, you know, I, I could say, personally, i live in northern california and i am becoming i'm a climagrant uh you can call it because i am selling my home and leaving this region because this will be we've had four years of wildfires and Mm -hmm. and we are all 10 20 hundreds of thousands of people are having to evacuate and flee from wildfires that we cannot control and so that is part of climate change happening here and there in florida you all, I'm sure, are having many impacts of the rising sea level and also of the subsidence of the land because of tapping groundwater. And so, you know, we all need to think about what's happening and how we can reverse this direction of climate change because, you know, some scientists estimate we've only got 60 harvests left. If we continue consuming and producing the way we do now, that if we only have 50, 60 harvests left, that's not a long, not a long way to go. And so mm-hmm. anything we can do... To reverse that, um, we need to implement and just incorporating regenerative practices can do so much to sequester carbon. There's a lot of evidence and it's very emergent uh, science on this. But you could look to the Rodeo Institute. They've got a white paper on this topic. There's been some other recent publications proving that agriculture can be a solution instead of the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, with our current system of industrial egg and conventional egg. There's some estimates that agriculture contributes 30 to 40% of the emissions that are increasing, that are adding to the problems with climate change.
0: Mm -hmm. And certainly we are doing something. I think those of us who work in in agriculture and organic agriculture, regenerative organic systems, understand that by those numbers, we can do a lot. It may not be, you know, the silver bullet uh, or the only solution to the problem but we got to start somewhere because it takes, you know, many many people involved in trying to mitigate or or fix the climate change problem. Consumers being aware of it when they buy, uh, the scientists who are coming up with new systems and more reliable systems for producing products, and in our case, growing food. So, but it, it does take, you know, many 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 people, many different, you know, industries and people involved to start addressing the problem. But it's great that the Regenerative Organic Alliance and your team and folks were looking at the problem and starting to address it in that sense. And the more people that I believe we can inform through this media and other ways about what this all means, hopefully the more people that potentially could buy in and can look at these things and see, okay, there is something there that obviously can make a difference.
1: You know, I totally agree with you. If my inbox is any indication of how many people are interested in this new concept in regenerative organic, then well, I could just I could stop right there because <laughs> we have requests all the time, and it's coming from all around the world. And actually, fashion is another area, like textiles. We grow we grow a lot of the things we wear, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, I've been really just so overwhelmed by the interest coming in from the textile sector and, and somebody was pointing it out the other day like fashion's always on the cutting edge and always forward so it makes sense that you know people in the fashion industry are really seizing on this concept but I I do sincerely believe that there's a huge awakening happening and there's some movies that have been out I'm sure you have seen Kiss the Grounds movie and uh, The Biggest Little Farm those are a couple of movies that came out recently that are really bringing these concepts alive for general consumers who maybe weren't didn't have the benefit of working in this sector in their careers and, and think of food as something you just go to the store and buy in a package. But I believe there's a, a real awakening happening and people are understanding the power of our purchases and buying food and clothing in a way that is more responsible. And um, I think it's also part of the next generation, like the millennials and the Gen Z Mm-hmm. generations are just so much more skeptical of kind of greenwashing and false claims. Mm-hmm. And they're also far more savvy. They've got information at their fingertips that I never would have dreamed of, right? They go into mm-hmm. a store with their smartphone and they can scan a, co- a QR code or they can immediately get to the story of a product if they want to. And those are really powerful drivers for change.
0: I, I agree. Uh, and one of the things that's interesting about movements, you know, the organic movement, when it started, people at, in the beginning, you know, were looking at it as sometimes even suspicious about what the intent of the people that were talking so much about organic and that we got to change how we grow and what we eat and all that stuff and now so mainstream people don't even think twice about uh, going to the stores farmers markets and buying organic food and not only that the impact that organic uh, had not just in agriculture obviously but people's health the people that are Buying organic foods, our industry, farmers who are growing. So I think that, you know, regenerative organic agriculture, regenerative agriculture has the same potential of having sort of more long term impact and solutions than just climate change.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think there is certainly that awakening and the realization that healthy food comes from healthy soil, right? And Mm -hmm. so healthy food makes. I mean, it's healthy people and it's pretty basic, but, you know, I, I I think there's also very emergent science in that field where there are people are looking at the bionutrient availability of a carrot grown in healthy soil Mm -hmm. versus a carrot grown in, you know, more conventional practices and, and basically propped up with um, fertility inputs and pesticides. And that those carrots are turning out to be far superior, The, the regenerative organic and the organic ones. Are far, superior in their nutrient density.
0: You know, Elizabeth, that's really interesting. Uh, and I do agree that as more and more people realize how important it is to eat you know, healthy foods that come from a healthy soil and a healthy system, because the one thing that we always uh, need to remember is that uh, whether we're talking about organic agriculture or regenerative organic agriculture, we're talking about a whole systems approach, where it's not just about uh, avoiding those inputs that sometimes we talk about that are harmful for the environment. And of course, as we talk about climate change, we don't want to use, but it's also about the practices and those materials that are definitely going to make uh, much more impact on um, the soil, the health of our plants, the health of the environment, and of course, you know, uh, climate change. Definitely.
1: You know, there are so many great resources out there for your listeners to tap into to learn more about some of these methods and this approach. And so, first off, I would just urge them, if they're interested, to look to the Rodale Institute. And also, there's a wonderful book by several books by David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about this. One of, uh, I think, the really influential ones that kind of gets to the heart of this whole matter is. It's called Dirt, Mm -hmm. the Erosion of Civilizations. Mm -hmm. It talks about, um, he talks a lot about soil and the management of soil to build fertile, healthy soil is, um, he describes it as a marriage of geology and biology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And basically, as topsoil gets blown off or washed away, it leaves only rocks below. And then the farmers and those communities and societies are struggling to farm on this of rocky more barren land so if we want to just look at this and think about the very first principle of these regenerative organic practices is to build healthy soil and to really um like regenerative organic agriculture is taking advantage of those natural tendencies of ecosystems to regenerate when disturbed and to um, look at this in a very holistic way and look at the closed nutrient loops and Building up diversity in the biological community underneath the soil in that soil microbiome. By building the soil microbiome and the health of the soil microbiome, we allow the plant roots to access more nutrients. There's so much going on there under that, you know, in our topsoil, in that soil microbiome that is still, we're still learning about, but research is proving time and time again that applying chemicals and tilling the soil. And basically killing everything, farming in a way that is destroying the life, is not leading to better outcomes, more yields, or healthier foods or healthier plants. So I would just say, you know, that for the first part, just to focus in and think about this in the context of the soil and the uh, practices that any farmer is using to basically farming in the service of life, in the service of nature. And so... I think that would be a a great start there, and then we also just talk about bringing in more diversity. And in diversity, there's going to be more stability. So if um, you know if a disease or a pest comes in with a monocrop, it would wipe out the entire crop, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so if there's diversity and there's um, other types of plants in there, then it brings in other types of insects, perhaps beneficial insects, and. Mm -hmm other types of controls that help lead to a healthier system overall.
0: Absolutely. And as I was saying earlier, or we've been discussing, is that it is going to take, you know, pretty much everybody in all fields, all aspects of life to start making these changes, involving the scientists, the doctors, the professionals, the act professionals, um, educators, the policymakers. Businesses, You know, when businesses start seeing that there is a demand for, you know, regenerative organic products, they're going to start investing more and more farmers will be involved. So, you know, we're excited to look at what's going to happen down the line. We can talk obviously for days about this topic, uh-huh. but was yeah. wondering if you had any Final comments on the uh, Reg- Regenerative Organic Alliance, uh, Regenerative Organic Certified. How can people find out more about what you do? What are some of the things that you would like to tell our audience? Gotcha.
1: Well, um, if folks are interested, you could go to our website at regenorganic.org and learn more about our certification. And if you're a farmer, how to apply. And we've worked very closely with QCS there in Florida with Ram Krishnan, who was um, an incredible ally of ours during the pilot program and um, really helped us to refine this certification. We will start to see the label on the market later this year. We, you know, with COVID, everything got slowed down, of course. And as I mentioned, we're a new certification program. We, we conducted our pilot program from 2019 to 2020 and it is a global program so we tested out our certification and the framework for rock in many different countries in many different types of production settings um, agroforestry we did it in um, coconut and palm and cotton and rice and um, mate in South America tropical fruits in Central America and then we tested it out at a Variety of settings here in the US from the West Coast to the East. So, after doing that pilot program, we basically assembled numerous task forces and collected all the feedback from all the pilot participants and then took to um, making some revisions to our framework so that it would be, you know, just taking the learnings from um, the experience and making some adjustments. There's, you know, it's not a perfect solution and so of course we had to make some changes but i think the really cool thing about the rock program is that we basically have three levels bronze silver and gold and farmers can enter in and and then continuously improve their practices as they move from bronze to gold mm-hmm. and so we'll start seeing that label out on the market and i uh, and we're the only label out there right now for regenerative and I'd say one last closing part is just that we see the linkage with organic as essential. Mm-hmm. That If it's not organic, you know, we don't want to see a lot of greenwashing of this really powerful new concept of regenerative. So mm-hmm. we link it to organic.
0: Well, thank you again, Elizabeth, for joining us. Uh certainly it's been very informative to all of our listeners. If you want to learn more about the organic uh, agricultural systems, You can visit our website at foginfo.org. You can learn about regenerative organic agriculture as well. And you can also visit the regenerative organic certification certified website. Uh, And we really, really appreciate you being with us today. And we look forward to all of the work and great work that you guys are doing.
1: Thank you so much for having me and um, really look forward to seeing more and more products on the shelf with the rock claim and want to thank qcs and fog for all the ways that you have supported us in launching this program and and thanks for having me today Juan carlos it's been great
0: thank you elizabeth Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support.